Whoa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. This is Connor Hall of the Golden Hours Podcast, and this is a quick little GDP minute. Listen, the show's obviously grown a little bit over the past couple of months, and we haven't run an episode with my good friend Mike Rosa in the past couple of months, but this is Mike's like sixth episode. And Mike is a young entrepreneur. He runs a one of the largest YouTube channels in Boston called Anabolic Aliens, and he's kind of known as like the home workout guy, and he's one of my closest friends. And it's always good to check in with him over the past like year and a half, two years about how GDP's grown and Anabolic's grown. And so I really love running these episodes because they document where we're at. We're both just like totally grinding. And so that was kind of a big basis for the episode. He is running a booming app right now called Exerprise because COVID was kind of of a layup for him. He had developed an app that creates home workouts for you. And so as soon as COVID happened, everyone was home and they all wanted to work out at home. So his app started booming. So his business is like going crazy right now. And um, we just talked about like his earliest days of grinding, building his brand. Mike's a real high energy dude. So you guys are going to get used to like him talking very fast, but he's a really, really genuine dude. And um, yeah, we talked about his earliest days of grinding, him just like keeping it moving him kind of being in the muck in the first two years, then making the decision to kind of just send it. Um, we also talked about our lean out challenge. The GDP crew six program is on the way, baby boy. It's developed. I did wipe Mike. You don't have to tell him I said that he's a little hurt about it, but um, we talked about a bunch of, a bunch of stuff. Um, he talked about like the physique that he's trying to achieve and how it will improve his business. We also kind of went deep on like burning out as a young entrepreneur and like how, how he assesses it, how he gets balanced now. We talked about his daily caffeine intake and we talked about some of the changes to his app. And so Mike's a super interesting dude. I totally recommend you guys tune into Mike's content. Follow him at Anabolic Aliens because... I know the dude's motor, like he's just going to grow things like crazy over the next year, two years. And so it's going to be really cool seeing how he grows everything. Mike says yes to everything. He goes full speed on everything. So that's why I like checking in with him. Shouts out to the research squad on this one. Much more focused for this episode. And um, I hope you guys enjoy. Shouts out to Riley, Lexi, B, Slugs. Had a little bit of help in there too. And and listen, you guys got to go follow Jack on Instagram at Jack dot Bigelow. That's my bestie. He does an incredible, incredible job with the aesthetics for the podcast. You got to tune into him. He's the best graphic designer in Boston, hands down. If you need any work done and you're legit, legit, you hit me up and I'll connect you with Bix. No problem. Without further ado, this is Anabolic Aliens Sapphire Hour. Whoa. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you forgot to enter. All right, hey, so this episode's going to be a little different, dude. Where? It's going to be a little, Michael, did you do a little booth pack today, Michael? Never. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, I think this is the first episode that you and I have run since we've had, like, the real research squad for the podcast. So on the phone, I got Lexi, Brendan, and, uh, and Riley, guys, say what's up to my good friend Mikey Bonkers. Hi, Mikey. What's going on, Mike? What's we met up? Brendan in the studio, right? Yeah. 
okay, Lexi and Riley both go to BU and they're like young investigative journalists, kick ass, badasses. Dope. Hell yeah. And so, and so just like you like, man, we have a structure for the episode. We got like, oh a, my God. I know, dude. Wild. <laughs> um, before we move on, though, can you uh, just give a quick synopsis of who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm Mike Rosa. I run Anabolic Aliens. We post pretty daily on like all social medias, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. And then also we release the workout app and fitness app now that drops meal prep, which is our app Exerprise. And then we have our website, Anabolic Aliens, where we do memberships. So we're doing a bunch of stuff. Now, I think that's the first time you've ever said we, like we do this. You think? I mean, I'm getting in the habit of it. Well, dude, it's, it made, one, it makes you sound more official. Two, like your team has really formulated since our last episode, I think, right? Like last four months. Yeah, absolutely. Finally got full-time people on the team. It's dope. So one thing I was, I was talking about with the team, like nobody, obviously anybody who's seen, this is our sixth episode, by the way. That's wild. I know this is your Sapphire hour based on Pokemon. Um, people don't know how much of like a hustler you are. They have no clue because they only think of you for YouTube. And so when I was telling the research squad yesterday, I was like, no, like you guys don't understand for our age, Mike is like one of the most successful young entrepreneurs I know. And (laughs) back at you, bro. Well, has any, are people starting to understand that more now with the growth of the app or like, are people still, do you think just see you as the workout, the home workout guy? I think it's definitely expanded significantly. I mean, it's very interesting because on Instagram, half my Instagram followers don't even know I have a YouTube channel. Half my YouTube channel doesn't know I have an Instagram. So it's like half people on Xprize now don't even know I have a YouTube channel or do other things. It's really interesting how it all works. How are you trying to connect them all? I mean, we just post as much as we can. So the content itself cross promotes and then kind of do strategies. I pull a lot of my YouTube content from like a couple of years ago and then cycle it into Instagram. So it's like new content for Instagram, but kind of cycles them back onto YouTube. So that's one of my strategies. And then for the app, it's just like cross promotion, shouting it out and then using the actual functionality into my like content. Well, so listen, Mike and I should have done a better job actually documenting our lean out challenge. But when we ran our last episode in the studio, it was in February and Mike and I said, listen, dude, who's going to get hotter and who's going to get leaner for the summer? Mike didn't think I was going to take it as crazy as I did. I have the results and I'm going to share them. Are you cool with that? I don't care. <laughs> well, well, I think what will be interesting too is you just talk about your strategy on leaning out for the summer as opposed to mine. Cause I like sure. had like a piece of gum and a celery stick every day. So yeah, you're a psycho. <laughs> So Mike on February 17th was 200.6 pounds. He had a lean mass of 175.2 pounds. And he had a muscle to fat ratio of 0.873. He ended up losing when our second way in at Chained Evolution, he ended up losing 8.2 pounds total. So you went from 200 to 192, but you lost about like 10 pounds of lean mass, which is like inevitable with the quarantine. Um, I, clocked in at 186.6 on our first weigh-in and I came in at 170.8 on the second weigh-in. So I lost 16 pounds, but I gained 6.4 pounds of lean muscle mass. Um, And so I've been thinking about it so much. I'm like, why did we have such different? 
Wait, yo, those numbers, I lost eight pounds and lost 10 pounds in lean muscle. How does that work? So then you gain fat. But I lost weight and just so I lost, you're saying I lost strictly muscle. Yes. Mm -hmm. But, but I think the reason that happened is just because your body is so much more predicated on lifting heavy weights and I just, mine is not. So like you went into the quarantine and you just like couldn't lift. Uh, well, what is the body fat change? Hold up. Mike's pissed everyone. Can you guys hear him? Well, that doesn't make sense. Considering I lost body fat too. Okay. The first weigh-in, you were 200.6 pounds. You had a lean mass of 175.2 pounds. Okay. Read the ratio. 0.873. Mm -hmm. So that's the lean mass divided by the total weight. What's the muscle to fat ratio? That's what that is. 0.873. That was, okay. when, that was what we compute calculated on our own. On at the gym? Yes. Okay. Okay. And now what do you want me to calculate? The second one? Because I know when we did the second measurement, I lost um, my lean to muscle mass ratio was favorable. Like, which is why I'm saying the number you just said in the beginning didn't make sense. What do you mean was favorable? I lost body fat. Hold on, I got it right here too. I knew this was coming out. I have it right here, yeah. So your lean body mass was 164.9 in the second one. So you... There you go. Where's the, where's the ratio thingy on this sheet? We just, we calculated on our own because we already had the two numbers. So just for reference, for anyone listening, so we don't get too caught up in the numbers, the way Mike and I decided to do the competition because we have such different body types because Mike's like short and stocky and built and I'm tall and lean. We decided the fairest way to do it was who had the better change in their muscle to fat ratio. And so the way we calculated that is we got our total weight and our total lean body mass. And that's how we got our, that's how we got our muscle to fat ratio. Mm, no, it's the muscle to the fat ratio. So it wouldn't be the total weight because that would adjust as we go down, which is what I was trying to say, because I know, think about it. It wouldn't make sense for me to gain strictly body fat when I lost body fat the process so the muscle mass you did win i'm not gonna you did win but remember our numbers went down well no i think you just lost muscle no because then my ratio would be worse your ratio was worse no it wasn't my your, ratio your muscle to fat ratio was worse well it wasn't we went over that you you want to do the calculation mike yeah Okay, fine. We can do this. No, that's not a waste of time. But yo, think about it realistically, because we we so you lost one percent. Um, you were one. Remember, you were like point one down more than me in the. You like one by one, in the ratio change. At point one, not point, point one. one. Yeah. So that's even less. So that means that would yeah. So you won by like point one.
like 0.1 body fat. So it's like 0.9. So my muscle one ratio fat, change. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. That's all right. So now we're on the same page because what you were saying was all I did was gain body fat when our ratios went down. Just trying to clear that up because you seem like I just got fat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, nonetheless, um, sorry to confuse anybody who's tuning in right now. So can you just kind of describe what the last like three months was like for you in terms of diet and the quarantine? Cause now that the gyms are open, like you're full steam ahead. Yeah. Basically all I did was I focused more on just kind of balancing out my physique versus instead of having like a bulkier build, I stopped really powerlifting. So I focused more on just doing hit and kind of lowering my overall body weight and lowering my body fat, which is why my muscle mass to body fat ratio was favorable. It just wasn't as drastic as the one you had since you went to like two or three percent body fat. That's all I was trying to say. Now, what were you doing for diet and what are you still doing for diet? I just do. I don't do it very crazily like you. I do it over a very slow period. So I'll probably go to aim like 0.5 to one pound of weight loss a week. And honestly, even slower at times because I also take my muscle mass into account. So if you lose like 0.5 percent body fat and gain 0.5 pounds of muscle mass would be a zero pound weight change. So I kind of go off the long-term play versus drastically changing all of a sudden. See, when I watch your old bull for shred life videos, you say when you cut, you don't ever calculate your calorie expenditure in the gym, right? You no. only do food? Yes. Because See, I take my activity factor into that equation. Well, so what I'm saying, so for instance, so let's say you're your average daily expenditure is like 3000 calories and you're eating at a 2,500 calorie total in a day. So a 500 calorie deficit, you're not incorporating the 500 calories you burn in the gym with that. Correct. Absolutely not. That was so beneficial for me for leaning out this time around for me. It was so How beneficial so? just because it was strict as fuck. It was like, no matter what, you got to make sure you eat under 2,600 calories a day. I don't care how starving you are. You have to do that. I didn't, mm -hmm. I never previously did that. And but so were you taking into account your exercise? I was. Into that deficit? No. Because I was, my work, my workout sessions, I burn upwards to a thousand calories. So that means if I were to calculate that, I'd be eating like, close to 4,000 calories when I'm cutting and that makes no sense, which is why it's not taken into account because of the activity factor already into the, like my energy expenditure equation. Totally. I, I totally know what you're saying. I'm, I'm the same exact way. And what was really beneficial for my lean out too was dude, keeping my steps up like crazy was huge. So I, I made sure that I did at least 24,000 steps a day. So I was always moving during the three months. Yeah, that's huge. It just keeps your whole whole body and metabolism going nonstop. And you, it doesn't hike up your appetite at all. You're not hungrier because you're walking. Nope. Completely right. Um, okay, dude. That's that. We'll do another challenge. We'll do a bulk challenge next. Yeah, I'm not bulking for months. I'm doing a slow. I'll probably be cutting for like another six to eight months. Dude, are you serious? <laughs> That's how slow I want to go because I'm not trying to get like smaller. And I'm also not trying to get bigger. So I'm trying to just maintain my muscularity and slowly lose body fat. And it's working right now. Well, see, this was a question we were having with the research squad too. Like now that you're not focused on powerlifting, are you now just totally zoned in on being more aesthetic and like looking hotter and like having like the classic physique? 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I really don't want to get bigger at this point right now. I need to just completely sculpt out. And that's why it's like my muscle mass ratio going down is honestly kind of ideal for what I'm going for because I do need my whole body to kind of sculpt into the exact physique that I'm looking for. And it's not going to, me getting bigger is going to just kind of contradict exactly the goals I'm going for right now. I released an episode I had sent it to you that solo episode where I was like pretty transparent about like the growth of GDP. And I mm -hmm. feel like what would be really beneficial for other people who are building brands in the city right now um, would be you kind of describing like, cause right now, like, dude, you're reaching like critical mass. Like you're growing like wicked fast. It was not like that for the first two, three years. And I want you to really do like a deep dive on, what your day-to-day -day was like in like the first two years of anabolic? The first two years of anabolic, I was still in college. I was a full-time college student. So it was not even a business at that point. It was just me posting content with some other guys because we love fitness. And it was just about getting that consistency up, releasing a video every single week. And it was literally just YouTube. Like Instagram wasn't really a priority at all then. Social media wasn't a priority no website, no app. It was just posting YouTube videos because we loved working out and wanted to share our progress and experiences. So it was more just grinding to kind of share that passion versus any kind of business mindset that went into it as it does nowadays. More just me being kind of a party animal in college and enjoying life to the fullest. And then just a side thing I love to do because I love to do it as simple as that. And that also could contribute why it was more of a grind in the beginning, meaning like we had to keep releasing videos every single week every single week from the very start when they were getting maybe a hundred views or so, like not really getting much traffic at all. It took two years to get the 10,000 subscribers and I was releasing content every single week. So the beginning wasn't at all like a business. It wasn't all at all like as successful as it is now. And that's why I also, I really do say it was more of a hobby at that time because I wasn't putting the time in to make it a business back then either. It was more just dedication of the passion. And then when I graduated college, I was like, all right, it's time to take this to the next level. Since it took two years to get to this 10K point, it was just a passion project getting there. Now it's like, how do we get to that next step? And once you hit that kind of breaking point where things start picking up, that's when videos went viral and went to 10K to 50K like that. And then it went to 50K to 100K like that. And then it's like, okay, we got the consistency down. Now it's improving the quality. And then it's releasing reasons to actually have people come to you, not just as a I want to watch your video, but I want to actually trust and follow your advice, which is when the website and programming became into play. And that's when it started turning more into a business versus just posting YouTube videos. And then it's like, all right, now we can get more people to my website if I post more actively on Instagram. So it became kind of tackling all these social medias to get them to that next point of the website. And it's like, all right, now we're going to drop an app. And it just kept building and building. Well, let's, let's just like slow down real quick. So like <laughs> when you had started let's say like the first couple of videos, did you know you were gonna be successful? Like, did you always visualize like kind of where you're at now and where you're headed? No, honestly, no. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do at the beginning. All I knew was I wanted to work for myself and I wanted to make my own like passion what it was gonna be. And that's when I loved releasing YouTube videos. So it was never a problem releasing a video every week. The problem was getting the other people involved. Yo, you got, it's your turn. You got to release a YouTube video this week. Yo, you got to release a YouTube video this week. And that's when it turned into really separating the passions, meaning it started me having to release like two this week and two that week. And then that person maybe gets one more out because I actually cared about what was going on. 
So I'd say that it was more about figuring out what I actually enjoyed and then it became into, okay, this is what I'm going to do. See, that's like a really important point that I think a lot of people don't get is like you, it was like hard for you to get the wheels moving. I mean, I know you had a partner at the time you got, you don't talk about it much, but like it was hard for you to get out of the muck to like really start moving fast. Right. Yeah. I think honestly, what is the biggest difference between what I do now, then, and everything is I found out what I really wanted to do before I pursued it. And I feel like a lot of people start pursuing an idea before they realize it's actually what they want to do. You don't, but I feel like, can you, can you explain that again? Yeah. I know a ton of people who have really cool ideas will act on that idea for one month, two months, three months, and then they give up because it's didn't get them to where they want to be. But every single day I'm doing what I want to do. So it's like that buildup is never ending because I'm doing what I love and all that business and that growth and everything that's kind of accelerating is because at the end of the day, I love doing this. So I sacrificed partying like I did in college. I sacrificed going out all, all the time on the weekends because I wanted to make what I love doing the actual realism of my life, the goal that I'm actually chasing. So that's when things really connected. Well, dude, I've recently been really grateful that like I know what I'm passionate about because it must be really confusing for some people who don't know what their passions are yet. You know what I'm saying? It's like, absolutely. it's a blessing, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, just a real quick rewind. So you, can you kind of describe at what point you like, you like took the risk and you were like, all right, listen, <clears throat> I have my four year college degree. I could go send it. I could go do something nutrition or work in a gym but instead I'm just going to send it. Like, what was that decision like? It really all started to come into play my junior in college when the video started going viral and traction really started to pick up. That's when I was like, this could be my job. I think it took kind of the time it took for me to realize I love doing this and then the attention that it came to establish that. But when I graduated, it was like, I could either get a job using my degree that I went to school for the last four years for, or I could do my own thing and take a complete chance. And I don't look back a second. I could never work for something. I realized I'd never be able to work for someone else because I'm very passionate about doing my own thing. So taking the chance was like a no brainer. And honestly, it kind of felt like I had no other option. It was either be happy doing what I love and chasing after something. I have no idea where it's going to go or just falling into the daily kind of corporate life just to get by. And I've never been that type to just get by. I got to do a bit. That's why we're friends, baby boy. <laughs> so do you still feel like you're at a point now where you're just like, all right, like this thing is growing, but I'm still just like throwing ideas at the wall to see if they work? I feel like it's more of the, capturing the ideas that are working and then throwing out more ideas to expand because you never really know how expansions are going to be. You're right. <laughs> it's everything's unpredictable and that's why you just kind of keep grinding and then take the losses, learn from them. But then kind of, I kind of look at my, the criticism and the positive feedback as nothing, meaning I kind of let both of them slide by my head and I always just do my own thing. That's why when people are like, you're blowing up right now, you're doing all this stuff, I don't even really hear it because it's like I have my head down and I'm just working. 
Dude, I feel the same way. And I was telling the team this. So obviously our show has grown a lot in the past like three months. And like we've been having really cool people on the show. And people have been texting me like, dude, you're killing it, man. Like you're killing it. I'm like, dude, I'm in my mom's condo, like eating tuna <laughs> out of a can, bro. Is that what you call killing it, man? Like, like nothing's here. changed, bro. I'm just grinding. <laughs> Dead ass. I um, can you uh, can you describe what your day to day was like when like you were really hustling, like the first two years? I mean, it's actually, the same. Actually, let's say post UNH that first summer. Like, how did you structure your day to to practically grow the brand every day? I wouldn't say I really had a structure. It was more like every day, I'm going to do as much as I possibly can. <laughs> so I had the system of, all right, I got to get this many YouTube videos out this week. I got to post this many times on social media. And then social media posting kind of just kept growing. But it was more so I have these obligations every single day. This is like the reoccurring content that I got to just do to make sure everything's going because this is what wor what's working. And then it's like taking chances and figuring out on how I can expand on what's working, which is like, all right, now I got to do website work today and offer these new types of programs. I got to make these new types of programs. I got to fulfill clients. Then it's like, I got to create new tech for the app. I got to figure out why people would want to be using this. I got to figure out why people want to be using that. So it's more of just like keeping on doing all the things that are working, which is like the free content I'm posting out at scale. And then it's about optimizing the platforms that we're trying to build separately from the other platforms that are already created. That no, makes no. We've both talked about this a bunch, but can you kind of talk about burnout for you and like when you feel like you're burning out? Because it happens a lot with people who are starting out. Like, I think I feel probably a burnout phase like every like six, seven months. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important that people take time for their mental health too. And for me, whether it's like going away for the weekend to the lake or something and just putting my phone down, that's been my big biggest recharge just I have to get my phone out of my hands and I have to be able to enjoy the people around me because what I've found is the more and more serious I get with business the harder and harder that is to do and the more and more important it becomes so what I'm trying to actually do is instead of wait until I burn out just one day a week I actually put my phone down for a couple hours and try to work on just things I want to do in my life separately and it's honestly been incredibly less stressful since I started doing that again because I was going seven days a week for over a year straight I know me too it's yeah ridiculous. how do you assess when you feel like you're about to burn out well I feel like I've never been good at that in the past to be honest it's more been like I get to that point it's like holy shit I gotta take a break and now it's like I just naturally put things aside so I can enjoy some other things because i love the business it's not like i don't enjoy working 24 7 which is the hard part because you have to realize that there's other things that are going on in life too and i feel like i shelter myself from a lot of those other things to chase my business goals which is great but there also is somewhat of a balance that needs to be obtained and i've been lacking that the last year and a half which has definitely skyrocketed my stress levels yet my productivity has been through the roof but i wouldn't say my motivation has been that next level even though my productivity has been next level. So now I'm taking that like mental kind of break once a week, just to refresh and enjoy life, which is normal for most people. And then it's actually been making me a lot more motivated these days. Dude, that's a great point. 
you know, when you like have that extra motivation boost and the extra passion boost, and then you feel like your day to day is like pretty seamless. And like, you're just like gliding through, you're being super productive. Mm-hmm. So that's, so that's how like you recharge it is you just take like the six, seven, six, seven hour break, like once a week. Yeah. Like I really, honestly, I've, I was incredibly social in college. I was the kid going out every single weekend, part of my friends and doing things. And it took me probably six months after college to kind of get away from that and just focus on business. But from that point on, I like tossed my social life aside to do this business stuff, which is like how you kind of have to do things to get to that next level. But also I love being social and I feel like it's been something I've been missing. So doing that has got me re-motivated into getting to that next level of business because I take that Saturday off completely. And then on Sunday, it feels like, holy crap, I didn't work for the last couple hours. I'm ready to grind. And it's fun to get back into it versus uh, another day doing the exact same thing. I'm trying to get better at that myself. Real talk. It's tough, dude. Don't you ever feel like when you're out and like you're like with your friends or whatever, there's still that little voice in the back of your head be like, oh, like I could be like setting something up right now for myself or I could be sending an email. Every single day, every single time I take, that's the hardest part. You have to get your mentality away from that though. And that's what I've been trying to get myself better at because I'm not good at that. When I'm out with my friends or something and, a phone, and I get a phone call or something, my friends are like, don't look at it. Don't look at it. They'll actually yell at me now. It's like, dude, you're not working right now. It's like, my phone is my work. So I literally have to not look at my phone in order to not think about all the things that I could be doing. Because at the end of the day, especially as we're running our businesses and they are growing, every second of every day, we could be doing something. That's the realest method. And we have to force ourselves not to have to feel like that. Now, is that the biggest challenge for you right now, you think, at this stage, is like the iso- like being isolated? I think it's been a blessing actually for me because COVID has significantly helped my business and it's not given me the external need necessarily to go out and see a bunch of people. It's like kind of an excuse to just not have to do anything and grind, which is what I kind of wish I had last year when all my friends were going out and clubbing and stuff. But I don't have any complaints when people aren't really doing anything. Meaning like when all my friends get together and go to a restaurant, I want to be there. And then the last year and a half, I've said no because I've been doing my thing and grinding. And now I want to make sure I'm able to say yes. Just like go and enjoy my friends for a couple hours, which sounds like it should be a very simple thing to say yes to. But for people like us, it's not. Not at all. Because I think one thing that people don't realize is like, there's so much mental energy goes to just staying on point. You know what I'm saying? Just making sure that like, your brain is functioning all day and like you're focused on like what you need to focus on. Like that even requires a lot of energy. So even when you change up your environment and like you go see new people who you weren't planning on seeing, it's a curveball in what you were expecting to do. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. When so when I'm working on my computer and then someone calls me, that literally throws off my whole balance. It really does. We know. (laughs) But I'm serious because I get so focused on what I'm doing. So if people are running in and out of like the same room, and picking my head up, it throws me off exactly what I'm doing. And maybe that's like a personal thing, but I've been just kind of putting, closing my door in my room and that's when I get the most done. And then when I'm like, all right, I want to go see some people now, it's kind of my mental break away from all that. Now, my biggest challenge right now is like days that I think are boring, that are like monotonous, even though those are like really important days to get stuff done. What do you do normally when you have like a really boring day? Ah. 
work out longer. <laughs> that's, that's honestly been, that's, I think the hardest thing with COVID actually is normally I'm in the gym for two to three hours and that is my social time. Meaning that's when I see other people. Cause when I say see other people, it doesn't necessarily mean going talking to everyone else. It's just being in public and being a normal person versus being locked in the room by yourself for hours and hours doing all your things. So for those boring days, I think it's just really important that I take a walk outside. I take a second away from all the boring stuff that I know I need to do, make sure I get one thing done and then go talk to my neighbor next door for five minutes just to get in some kind of different situ scenario and mentally not feel like I'm doing the exact same thing all day because that will mentally exhaust me. Now, where do you feel like right now you're at stress-wise? Like if you're on a one to 10. I feel like I'm less stressed now than I've been in the last year and a half. <laughs> really? I feel good. I feel great right now, especially now that I'm building a team. It's like not everything is on my shoulders all the time, which is the nicest thing in the world to say. I finally established people around me that I trust, which I feel like trust for me is the hardest thing because I built everything from scratch. So trusting people to do things that normally I'd be doing myself is a very tough thing for me to be able to let happen. And I've got people in place now where it's finally happening and happening well, which is game changing. Now, one last tip on the whole young entrepreneurship thing. If, if people want to start, like you've said this before, like you just post and post and post and post. That shit is not that easy for some people to just keep to just keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm trying to like really highlight like the days where like you are actually scrapping. What would you recommend for someone who's like starting or thinking about starting, but it just feels like a grind that they can't get their feet out of the muck? To be honest, I think one of the roughest truths is suck it up, push through it. You gotta keep fighting through those hard times because at the end of the day it took me 10,000 it took me <laughs> two years to get to just 10,000 subscribers and that was me gr grinding making sure content was getting released every single week for two years straight you see people put in the work and they think it's going to happen in a week in a month in a year no it won't so it's consistency and that doesn't mean you're posting every single day although I would always recommend that but it would mean you got to keep going regardless and I think honestly, that's kind of one of the hardest things for people because they blame their time. They blame their financial situation. And at the end of the day, if it's the financial situation, meteors are completely free. Writing blogs, free. Do it yourself and shut up and just do it. So many people make excuses why they can't do it, where you have the full power to do everything. We're blessed with internet and technology and half the stuff is free to our disposal to use. So why aren't you just at investing your time if that's really all it is and if you aren't able to invest your time and push through kind of like the slow periods then you don't actually care enough about it to make it happen that's and where the, honestly in the one thing you're not saying though is like mike was definitely not for anyone listening or tuning in mike was definitely not this super confident dude when he started and like you kind of just developed the confidence over time when you agree absolutely i was incredibly self-conscious being on camera for the first at least three years of being on youtube and to I this know, day, I'm the T-Rex, dude. <laughs> but it, it's a thing, man. Like people are like, oh, I don't know what to post. I don't know how to do it. Post something. Do it better the next day. Just fucking do it. 
Let's go, Mikey Bonkers. <laughs> um, okay, real health tip. You are anabolic aliens. All right, let's say someone wants to lean out, but they also want to keep hitting that booze bottle. You feel me? That problem solver, baby boy. What would you recommend for someone to balance a little bit of that alcohol and that party life with leaning out in the most practical way possible? You definitely have to make sure you're not skipping any workouts. So you got to work out through your hangover. That's really the scenario. Whatever your program is, don't go off program just because you drink. That's definitely one of the biggest things. Like when I was in college, I was working out six days a week. And even if I was out till four in the morning with my boys on a Saturday night and I had to work out Sunday, I was working out Sunday regardless of how I felt. So don't let hangovers be an excuse. Just hydrate. Um, and then if you're talking about leaning out, then you have to really be nutritionally aware. So when I was in college, when I was really crazy about actually dieting and logging, I was logging all of my alcohol calories. Now, I wouldn't recommend to do it the extent I was doing, meaning I was literally How would you do that doing when blacked out. <laughs> I wouldn't drink more than I, I planned how much I was going to drink. Like, <laughs> so how much were you drinking on a blackout night? Like, like, like sophomore year of college, I'd probably overstep. Like sophomore year of college, I'd probably do like two water bottles of Ruby worth or like 15 beers, oh. anticipating, anticipating of how much I was going to drink. And then kind of, this is again, not healthy. And I wouldn't recommend it and wasn't sustainable. But what I was doing was I was doing logging that and then logging my food to make sure I wasn't going over on the days I was drinking. And that way I was exactly nutritionally on track. I was shredded that year. I was like 165 and I was running six miles every Sunday with my boys and we were drinking hard Friday and Saturday nights, but everything was still scheduled. Now food is obviously way more important than alcohol. So what I would recommend to anyone trying to, who wants to just incorporate into their weekends, like healthily is, anticipate that you're going to have a higher day anticipate Saturday nights the day you're going to go out and then compensate on Sunday don't eat as much Sunday don't go crazy about it if you're not competing you don't have to go crazy about the numbers but you do have to be aware so if you have no idea of how much you're eating then log for a week to actually understand what you're putting into your body and how much and then when you actually get to familiar with what your nutrition is like number wise then when you want to have a pizza you want to have 10 beers with your friends okay, I'm going to enjoy my Saturday night. Then I'm going to recognize Saturday. I'm going to recognize Sunday. I just had a crazy Saturday night. I'm not going to eat as much on Sunday. And then you kind of just plan for it that way. Like right now, what I'm doing every, every Monday, I do a 24 hour fast. And that's actually because like one, I absolutely love it. It's crazy. And that's because Aren't every, awesome? dude, it's the best one time a weekend though. It's because I know I'm going to go have like a crazy pizza and go significantly with my calories or I can't drink now, but when I drink, I'll go out with my friends and have some drinks. And it's like, I don't have to stress about it anymore because I know I'm going to kind of rebalance myself on Monday as long as I'm not being stupid about it. Now, when you hit the 24 hour fast in those final like two, three hours, do you get that like a, uh, that real baseline insulin level where like you, you're stressless? Have you felt that yet? I, I think it's been honestly game changing. I love doing a 24 hour fast. They're as awesome. soon as I eat something, dude, it's like the next day, as soon as I eat something, I'm like, oh, I'm eating again. I love fasting like for a full day. Oh, so how do you plan it? So you do like, you'll eat like late Saturday night, then you won't eat again until Monday morning. No, I take all Monday off. So I'll just wake up Monday and then I won't eat until Tuesday. That's like longer than a, that's like a 32 hour fast, bro. Cause you got to incorporate your sleep. 
I just take all full Monday off and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's inter it's interesting to see how your body fluctuates during that time too, right? Yeah, well, it's like you feel kind of I I'm a I love eating. So when I eat, I eat. And having this full day off, it is pretty game changing because I feel very different. And I feel I feel like I didn't just ruin my whole week and I feel like I reestablished myself and it's been cool. Sweet. Um, hey, real quick rewind. So Lexi, Riley, Lexi and Riley, are you guys familiar with what Mike means when he says Ruby? No. Brendan, you are, correct? Oh, yeah. Ruby is Rubinoff. And it's like the cheapest, nastiest, <laughs> like beaker-like alcohol you could ever drink and you're just shaving years off your life when you drink it. If you want the real, if you want the real demons to come out, say it again. I've heard of Rubinoff. I've just never heard it called Ruby before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we know what you guys are getting up to at BU. We know what you guys are into. Um, with, with that being said, let's, uh, Mike, let's talk about extra prize real quick. And then, and then we'll give it to the research squad because they got some good questions for you. Um, dude, let's talk about that meal plan generator, baby boy. What's going on with that? We just dropped the world's first meal plan generator. So it'll calculate your caloric maintenance. And then you get to choose your goal calories based off how much weight you want to lose up to two pounds a week, losing two pounds a week. And that's just in a healthy range. Or you can custom input your calories. So whatever your goals are. And then the bottom left, you, you choose your macro percentages. So you can literally choose like, 40% carb, 35% protein, 25% fat, and whatever equals that 100% ratio. And, or you can choose randomized settings that I pre-selected. And then the bottom right, how many meals you want per day. Then boom, within seconds, you'll have a whole meal plan tailored to your calories and macros. And then are you going to connect with other meal prep companies? So like once it's developed, the company's like, hey, we're the ones who can develop this and give this meal plan to you? So what we're going to do is we're setting up geofencing. So wherever you are in the world, we're going to be partnering with meal prep companies. And if they sell those meals within the location you're in, the radius, you'll be able to actually pick up those meals from that meal prep company. And they'll be feeding us their recipes to put into our database. And then also being a partner with us, you'll actually have access to all the other companies' recipes. So say you want to introduce a new meal to your company and you're in this area, you'll be able to start doing that based off all the partners with the next surprise. How are you going to gauge which meal prep companies are legit? You're going to go there personally and try the meals? Well, to be honest, we don't even need to do that. Meaning the more meals in our recipe, the better, because it's going to come down to the user. Like they'll be able to test it out. If they don't like it, they're going to be able to leave feedback. I don't like this meal. It's not going to be able to put it into their favorites and it won't actually end up getting generated for them over a point of time because we will be putting into algorithms that will learn from their behavior. We'll be able to select their favorites and so forth. Maybe eventually we want to put in like their ingredients. So like a shopping list and then the meals will be generated based off the shopping list they have. We'll also be introducing logging and really doing a lot more features. Like this is just the base functionality. But at the end of the day, we're gonna be partnering with meal prep companies to help them increase their conversions. And all we want from them is their recipes and helping people be able to do it at home. But the convenience factor is why these companies thrive. So we're gonna be pushing customers to them who are in their radiuses. So people don't even have to make their meals. They can just go pick them up while being perfectly on track nutritionally. Now, what do you think long-term the effects on the fitness industry are gonna be with COVID? Like you, you hit the, the lottery, dude. You came, I mean, obviously you're working for years, but 
this was like a, a layup alley-oop right into your hand. You know what I'm saying? How do you think it's going to shift the entire industry? I think a lot of people are going to never go back to the gym, actually. I think a lot of people are going to be prone to working out at home, which is going to really expedite that whole growth of the home industry. I know a lot of people work out at home, but I feel like the technology or at least the idea that you can't get as intense of a workout at home is going to change because it's just not true. Like you can get as crazy of a workout with just a pair of dumbbells as you can at the gym with all the access you have. It's just, you have to be really specific about what you're doing. And I mean that meaning maybe you can't lift 500 pounds, so you can't necessarily train for a powerlifting competition, but you can absolutely sculpt your body. You can actually, you can absolutely increase your overall muscular strength, your whole physique it's just you have to actually plan the intensity and the intensity is how you make it and then if you incorporate actual techniques that train your body symmetrically you're just symbolizing what you'd be doing at the gym as long as you stay with that same effort level and you just wouldn't have as much equipment variety all right dude you just talked <laughs> randy johnson fastball let's slow it down so you think that the home industry will grow and you think there's going to be a serious dent in brick and mortar gyms. I don't know if gyms can ever necessarily recover to the extent they were before. This has proved to a lot of people that they can work out at home. And I know at least from my YouTube comments and stuff, like I've been posting home workout videos for years and they've been, they've been getting a ton of attention in this time frame, and a ton of comments are like, Holy shit. I got bigger doing these workouts at home that I was getting gains at the gym so people are realizing that the intensity is how they make it as long as the functional the functionality behind the workouts are just as effective so if people stop kind of idealizing the fact that the gym is the only way to get to your next level on your fitness journey and realize that a lot of people necessarily don't even need to go to the gym maybe they're not even personally comfortable yet to go to the gym and force them to work out at home or realizing they can get the gains at home or what's going to motivate them to get to the next level by going to the gym it's the whole building process. Like for me, I'll love being at the gym two to three hours a day, but someone else may hate being at the gym and they get two to three hours at home. It's whatever works. All right, man. So one more question. Can you, when you wake up every morning, let's start as soon as you wake up. Can you describe your caffeine intake throughout the day? Well, right now it's zero, bro, you know. But before I had all that crazy stomach stuff, <laughs> it was like, let's start the day off with the coffee. And then about 30 to 45 minutes later, I'd go into the energy drink. And then about 30 to 45 Bang minutes energy, later, right? coffee. Bang energy. I probably have about six to seven coffees a day, and then at least one energy drink, and then probably one caffeine pill. And then my pre-workout. <laughs> you guys hear that? Wait, so how many total milligrams of caffeine was that? At least a thousand a day. For you to enter like, what is going on, aliens mode, how, how much caffeine you got to jack up on? Bro, I've been doing that without caffeine. That's just natural, man. The boost pack fuels it a little bit. Okay, wait, so let's actually just rewind because I think this is going to make a really great clip. So <laughs> let's start right early in the morning, right? Okay, cool. Dude, I just totally forgot. I haven't even been using my microphone this whole time. Um, 
I'm so stupid. Um, okay, so let's start. You wake up, what do you put into your body? Caffeine, and I also want to talk about supplements and substances. Okay. Go. I uh, wake up, I always have water. Actually, that's the first thing I make sure to have a day, kind of just get my body going. And I'll take cod liver oil, a probiotic, a multivitamin, a magnesium pill, and uh, anxiety medication. Your video just yep. cut, Mike. I just got a call. We good? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, so I'll take like my normal medicines per day, which is just like kind of like over-the-counter stuff. And then just like one, I take one thing like for anxiety, just to kind of relax. And then I have, normally I'll have like a coffee and then I'll eat breakfast and then I'll have an energy drink. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, what exactly are you looking for? <laughs> I think we got enough. Riley, what do you think? I think that's good, yeah. Okay, Riley's the young content queen. So she's been making funny clips out of stuff like that. <laughs> um, I mean, dude, I don't eat, I never have the same thing every day, actually. I know, I'm just talking about how you just get juiced up on mad shit to be pumped up all day long. Yeah, dude, you gotta keep the blood flowing, the energy high. Well, dude, I really miss those Starbucks nitros we used to pop. Those are great. They're still a little weak, but they're great. Yeah, those those aren't fast enough for you. Hey, um, Brendan, you want to start with a question? Mikey Bonkers is an open book, so you can hit him with anything, man. Yeah, sure. So, so I totally agree with you. I think um, people are going to start going away from gyms, and I know a few have already filed for bankruptcy, some some pretty big chains. But I'm also going to push back a little bit. I think I think people are social beings and. You know, people start working from home, um, working out from home, eating from home, getting their entertainment at home. I think people are going to want to be social a little bit more. So my, my question for you is, how can you make your Exercise app a little bit more social, some sort of social component like Peloton or like some of the other big ones like the Sweat app? How can you make it more integrated and connected? I love that question. And that's actually exactly what we're going to be doing over the next couple months. We're going to be really working on making the app more hospitable for users. So introducing like user profiles, training profiles, and giving people all like statistics and reasons why they want to go check on the app every day. Like for my fitness pal, you go onto that every you go onto that app every day because you're logging your food. So what we're going to do is kind of create more of a social platform on the app, introduce like messaging platforms between trainers and clients, and give people more of like statistics and like feedback. Like, yo, you haven't worked out today. Get them back into the app that way. Give them kind of like some motivation with like push notifications in that sense, but also kind of open up a system where people are able to even put in their own workout programs into the app, share them with people, share them with friends and like leaderboards and introduce challenges, make it more of a, like a competitive fun way versus just here's your workout, go fall by yourself and kind of intertwine, intertune that whole like community with an exercise. So that's one of the big things we're going to be working on. Does that answer your question, B? Yeah, for sure. Young Nancy Drew, let's hear it, man. Hey, Mike. I have a question for you um, that's slightly separate from exercise. Um, do you believe that because you have a sizable following on social media, um, that you have to comment on social uh, certain issues like Black Lives Matter or unhealthy beauty standards, for example? That's a very good question. I feel like 
honestly, it's I've gone back and forth with myself about this, and I feel like not necessarily that I have to or even want to. I feel more of an obligation to in the sense that I feel like I need to be able to be honest with my community, and I need to be able to support issues that affect everyone. So I think at the end of the day, it's not that I need to post something about like Black Lives Matter, but I did post on like uh, Blackout Tuesday because I wanted the people, I wanted everyone to know that I do support the nature. And for me, it's like, I don't like, I don't like kind of getting to drama and going back and forth with conversations to that. I don't like doing like YouTube beef and all that stuff, but I do find it very important that with people following that you support the causes that need the support and spread the positivity that the world needs to see. So I think it's more of an obligatory thing where you need to show that you support what's going on in the world and understand that there's problems and accept that if, and understand your own insecurities and that everything's a work in progress. So I think it's just very important to do your part in making the whole world a better place. Now, did you feel a certain pressure to post? I wouldn't say a pressure. I felt more of like I needed to show that I supported. So I wouldn't really call it a, uh, I wouldn't call it like a pressure, like, if I didn't post, I don't really think I would have thought much about it, but I did feel like I needed to just to show that like I'm here to help. I'm, like Black Lives Matter is honestly something impo like important to me too, because for me, I was mind blown by a lot of these things going on in the world. I never recognized this and I feel it made me feel so honestly small compared to what's going on in the entire world. Because for me, I was having like my friends who were like in the medical program when I was in Lexington, which means they're coming from Cambridge or like areas in Boston. They were sleeping over my house every weekend. And it, when I say I'm like, they're all like my black friends. And I never thought about it like that. It was my boys are coming over to sleep over. So there was never that racism that really affected my life. So opening myself up to understanding like, shit, this is really happening. I need to be a part of making this not happen and show my support in that regard. If that makes sense. Absolutely. I similarly grown up, I don't know if you've met my, one of my best friends, Kevin, he stayed at my house. He like lived at my house when I, in Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And um, it was the same, like kind of for me growing up, dude, like I was just my closest, some of my closest friends were like always black. So I never really saw the side of the coin. And it wasn't until I had conversations recently where I'm like, damn, I did not know that you guys were dealing with this, especially up here. And dude, exact same way. It was so eye-opening to me. And it just, it made me realize like, yo, I can't be silent. I feel like I've been silent my whole life now because I didn't know. I didn't know better. And now it's like, since I know what's going on, I want to be on the side that's going to support and end it. Riley, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Thanks, Mike. All right. Barbara Walters, let's hear it. Great question. My, I think one of the hardest things as a male influencer, so say, or running a fitness business is a lot of women won't naturally be attracted to doing my workouts because I'm a guy doing them. So that's definitely a barrier point. And I think it's necessarily really just comes down to that because at the end of the day, a ton of women do my workouts and they actually love the workouts and they're made for both genders. Like anyone can do my workouts. Like, and it's not going to make, I feel like there's just a misconception of people, like these girls think they're going to get huge muscles or whatever from doing like these intense workouts. But at the end of the day, it's so nutritionally based in that regard. And the, 
the way you work out is just kind of the intensity you bring. So say like more girls have been finding my workouts and I've been getting more girls actually on the anabolic alien team, hoping to actually reach more of like the women population. I think it's my Instagram following and like women has been increasing. YouTube following with women has been increasing. And I think it's just comes down to how the content is presented, to be honest, because at the end of the day, there's not really a segregation between working out styles when it comes to men versus women there's different goals there's not dude because girls you see girls looking heavy all the time and they have the physiques that these bikini competitors want so it's like it really depends on exactly what the girl wants and i feel like just the fact that guys are doing like all this heavy stuff and it's kind of centered around guys being huge or whatever it's such a big misconception that scares away a lot of females but i know a lot of girls who lift a ton of weight and are like small and have that physique figure that so many girls want to do and the fact that a lot of girls don't get there is because they're afraid to actually lift so there's a huge misconception i think in that regard i actually totally agree with you but i mean dudes don't want to have fat butts bro (laughs) girls do that's actually not necessarily true (laughs) why you trying to get a fat dog mikey I already got a fat on, dude. <laughs> but what I mean is, like, I post hip and glute workouts on my YouTube channel. And obviously, those are the ones that, like, get the most women attention. But I've gotten so many guys to start training their glutes because it's an essential piece to all, like, your whole lower foundation. Like, I guarantee, when was the last time you ever did a glute-specific exercise? Glute kickbacks, hip thrusts. When was the last time you ever did that? Do you consider RDLs? No. Do you consider goblet squats? No. Then never. Exactly. And I guarantee you your squat and deadlift would significantly increase if you did glute-specific work. So it's all about your goal based. And people have these negative connotations with things like, oh, if I train my ass, I'm going to get a huge fat ass and look like a chick. And that's not necessarily at all how it works. When, like, if you actually train your glutes, dude, your squat could – I remember when I first started training my glutes, my squat went up, like, 40 to 60 pounds pretty quick which is huge. And that's what a lot of guys want. That's because that's because you go to the gym and you love over-sexualizing yourself. <laughs> but yo, I'm on the freaking, that hip adductor, hip abductor machines. And like people You're look at me. You're staring down chicks in the gym looking like a lunatic. Yeah, I love it, dude. Look me right in the eyes when I'm doing that. <laughs> but, it's like, it, it's, it goes the same way with women though in training too. It's like they see guys bench pressing. The amount of girls I see bench pressing is so small when that actually could contribute to them actually getting that like front shoulder definition that a lot of girls actually love, but they're afraid it's going to make their boobs small. And that's not how it works. That's a, that's a podcast for another time. Lexi, did I answer your question? Yes, that's perfect. Thank you, Mike. All right. They have to run soon. So let's wrap it on up. Hey, did you like this style of episode? Yeah, I loved it. I still can't believe you said I um, got wicked fat and didn't put on any muscle, but we're cool. He's hurt. Numbers don't lie. Check the scoreboard. Uh, (laughs) Michael, we have two ending bits now. This one, the newest bit is called sales mode. So I'm going to give you 40 seconds. I'm going to go on my phone and give you 40 seconds. And you got to make your most fire sales pitch for whatever you're selling. And you're a big commerce and capitalist. So I know you got something to sell. At When there's 10 seconds left, I'm going to put my hand up. And I'm going to give you a hard stop at 40 seconds, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, five, four, three, two, one, sales mode, go!
XPRIZE is the world's first randomized workout generator. We can generate a workout plan customized to your equipment availability, time availability in seconds. You unlock over a thousand exercises right from our database. So you can have unlimited workouts if you just buy XPRIZE. And same with our meal plan generator. You can generate unlimited meal plans tailored to your calories and macros within seconds. And we have recipes to follow all the meals. So you can get unlimited meal plans, unlimited workouts, all seven-day free trial on XPRIZE as well. And you can unlock premium really quickly. Then on our website, netballfeelings.com, we offer personalized training. We have blogs where we release block weekly then we also have programs diet plans memberships all on anabolicfitness.com that release content on all of our medias very quick like consistently all the time check it out anabolicfitness <laughs> mikey caffeine everybody mikey caffeine okay mikey caffeine pills um hey guys any final questions from michael before he does his closer so i have a question from the stream someone commented if i can ask that one is it appropriate it is yeah it's a good question Sure. So Logan Hallowell asks, uh, Mikey, if you have any cheap suggestions for bulking up for specifically males, he wants to know if you have any recommendations for your average grocery bag. You should be at Logan. You should be asking me, bro. <laughs> oh, with that being said, before Mike goes, the GDP, the GDP crucifix program is very much in the works. It's nothing like any of Mike's programs. There's nothing wrong with mice programs. Mine is about someone who really wants, like a masochist, really hates themselves and really wants to just lean like a psycho. That is the program I've developed. The rough draft is finished. And I'm telling you, I got one kid doing it right now and his life's changing. Go ahead, Mike. Yo, if you're trying to bulk up and do it cheap, you just got to get a ton of carbs into the mix. Carbs, you're going to be able to eat a lot more carbs throughout the day than where you are to eat necessarily protein because protein is going to make you much satiated a lot of high fats going to contribute to a lot of fat accumulated with your bulk so what you want to do is really kind of up the carbs significantly and you have to make sure you're eating in the caloric surplus so as simple as i can put that is honestly what you buy is so irrelevant compared to what you how much you need to eat so if you make sure the numbers you're over your caloric you're over your caloric maintenance you will be gaining weight despite what you eat so what you can do is find out exactly how much you need to eat per week and then actually put into the foods that you like, what you're actually able to afford, and then just make sure those numbers are adding up to the total numbers that you need to grow. Logan, baby, let me kick you some free game real quick. Go to Trader Joe's, because they're the cheapest, they're limited. You get the sweet potato bag, and then you also get the ground turkey. Both very cheap. The price fluctuates, but that sweet potato bag is usually $2.99 for a bag, ground turkey is $2.99. Sweet potato, you put that in the oven, bro. It's very calorie dense. It tastes good and it's good for you. Same thing with the ground turkey. You can get the 94%. That whole thing, you could get the whole bulk meal for the whole week for like less than 50 bucks. Oatmeal, whole wheat pasta, bang it out. Brown rice. Mike, do you have fun? Yeah, man. Always a blast. All right, this is your sapphire hour, dude. So remember, hi, Mike Bunkers. This is my Sapphire Hour. Hi, Mike Bunkers. That was my Sapphire Hour. And wait, give me a little peck pop. Give me a little. A little pep. <laughs> yeah, three. Sapphire Hour. Go, Mikey. Hi, I'm Mike Rosa, and this is my Sapphire. <laughs> hi, I'm Mike Rosa, and this is my Sapphire Hour. Right. Hi, I'm Mike Rosa, and that was my Sapphire Hour. Well executed, dude. You're an amazing young man. I'm going to get those clips created. You want that, that meal generator clip? Yeah, just throw me a couple. I'd love to use it. 
Thanks, dude. Okay. Hey, thank you so much for this, and I'll keep you updated. We'll probably release this on, like, Friday. Sounds good. Just let me know, and I'll link it up. All right, you're a great so guy. Bro. You me fat. All right, peace. You're a load, bro. <laughs> <laughs>